Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, the Samoa men's football team tour New Zealand. Lay City defend their PNG club title. And the Pacific Oceania tennis team targets promotion in the Fed Cup. But first, the former head of the Tonga Rugby Union says claims the organisation is broke are incorrect. The union's interim CEO, chair and president, Fea Vonipula, said it is working with the government to address debts of more than 300000 US dollars that has left it unable to pay staff and World Rugby to suspend all financial support. Appellate Taoni resigned as president and chair of the union after the Ikaletahi's World Cup campaign. He says the previous administration was on top of the debts and the real reason funding's been frozen is because the staff paid for by World Rugby were sacked without explanation. There's only two debts that I know. One was Carinet, which was happening in 2012. and We came in and there was no uh, deal in place and we decided to form up our own in-house kit and it didn't work out so we changed direction. That was £120,000 and 40000 quid has been paid towards that. The reason why we have a dead demand smart stadium because the Ikaletahi coach uh, wants a, a extra warm-up game. It's just a, a business deal that went sour. And the one with Naumaka, there is no debt to those people. There's no case in place. We already have a structure, a payment in place. The interim chairman, he says the reason World Rugby halted those payments and the funding is currently frozen is all linked up with these debts. I mean, what is your understanding of that? No, that is, that is so misinformed and it's very untrue. When the new regime took over, you cannot sack the high-performance manager, the coach and the CEO, which is the main head of rugby. So he, obviously the, he didn't know where to start. And I just think, to be honest, he was just completely out of his debt. The, all these words that they're saying that Tong Rugbyin is broke is far from the mark. It's misinformed and it's, it's untrue. We look after the players' allowances. We look after the float associated with tours. So obviously World Rugby's funding is coming for high performance, which is about £650,000 in debt of development. So all the staff under payment from World Rugby, we have an agreement in place that they have to be adhered with. And obviously why World Cup funding is freezing, because he doesn't follow due process. He sick all World Rugby staff, left, right, centre, with no due process in place with no explanation. World Rugby has always been protective of their investment in the Pacific. It's a lot of money they pour in. If you are in any way play up with that and don't follow instruction and due process when you get rid of stuff paid by that of World Rugby, the agreement in place is null and void on their eyes. I was quite nervous when I resigned because things haven't been really stable, but I didn't realize it would be this bad. You cannot try to pull wool on people's eyes and, and say that it comes down to a debt of 200. Come on. There's an agreement in place. It is black and white what you cannot do and can do. We invested a lot of money in, in getting these covenants up and running. The constitution is in place. We fought hard for our seat in the council, which in the next four or five years' time, in, in fact, that's, that's the stuff that we should, we should fight 
and, and protected our, our, our city and our council. And obviously, our tier one test is you go as hard as you as you can, try to get as much as you, you can from World Rugby. And this uh, election and the new chairman of World Rugby will be um, comes end of April. You know, and that's the time that we we're waiting for. You know, we go to that round table. We finally have a voice, and we should be excited about it. You know, at, at the moment, Mike, you 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 cannot just come in and and just do that. I basically asked. This is, and I can send you those email. I basically asked the blog if I can hand over all, all that stuff. You know, spend a day or two with him, hand over all the work. He obviously didn't accept anything from us. We, we we had an issue in the past between uh, myself and 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 two of his uh, him and his brother because they were removed from the union. So I think it's, it's, it comes down to it is quite personal and and you know they want to get things square up on this, but it is mindless and it's it's uh and it's low to to come and try to character uh, assassinate someone on the expense of the national interest. It's a very big uh, month or two ahead. You mentioned that a new chairman of World Rugby will be uh, elected. There's obviously the new seats coming in, which is uh, a very big step for the Pacific, although, of course, you do have to uh, tick those boxes to get those. And then, uh, obviously, Tonga Rugby is going to have its own uh, meeting and and have a new administration uh, elected for another four-year term as well. A number of staff, as you mentioned, are no longer with the union, high-performance staff, coaching staff. I guess whoever gets appointed to those roles uh, and the permanent CEO and uh, chairman and those sorts of roles as well is going to have a big influence on uh, Tonga Rugby going forward for the next four years. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, if it's new or old, there's a, a, a way to follow those. And, and unfortunately, 80% of, of our our funding has come from World Rugby and we, we, we have to uh, uh, to adhere with, with agreement that's in place. Tonga Rugby really need to sort this out. Uh, there's a lot of things that has been said, which I find it um, untrue and misinformed. You know, the, the truth of the matter is the reason why World Rugby funding is being freezing because that Tonga Rugby don't follow due process. It's a leadership issue and a governance issue that need to be uh, that need to be done ASAP. You know, um, this is where we are now, and World Rugby, rightly so. You know, they have to um, to, to protect the investment. Like I said, if 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 he's truly honest and wants Tonga Rugby Union to do well, he needs to solve this ASAP. That's the former head of the Tonga Rugby Union, Apele Taoni. It's been a busy week of international football in the Pacific. Guam were beaten 1-0 by Oman in their final World Cup qualifying match. Despite being out of the running for Russia 2018, fourth place in Group D was enough to go through to the final round of the Asian Cup qualifying as one of the four best fourth-placed teams. Vanuatu came from behind to edge New Caledonia 2-1 in a one-off friendly in Port Vila on Saturday. The Solomon Islands beat Papua New Guinea 2-0 in Honiara on Thursday before the visitors won the second match 2-1 at the weekend. The Samoa men's team took a different tack, spending the past week playing three matches against local club teams in New Zealand. They lost 5-0 against Lower Hutt City, beat Stopout 2-1 and suffered a 5-1 defeat against Western Suburbs in Wellington. Speaking after their final match, head coach Scott Easthope says the tour was a valuable exercise in their preparations for the Oceania Nations Cup in May. I thought the first half was a very, very good performance from particularly the Samoan-based players who really are getting their first introduction to the tactical awareness and a different style of play here in New Zealand. And apart from being undone by some very good pieces of play from West and some areas in which we haven't worked on yet, first half performance was very, very pleasing. 
it did seem early on from at least what I was looking at, you guys had some good chances there and most of the play for a good period there of that half, you guys were pressing them and, and then maybe in the second half a bit of structure was lost after a couple of goals and whatnot. Certainly I think a couple of goals and, and a little bit of the mindset changes for some of the players, particularly again who are, uh, don't have as much experience as either some of the players that are based overseas for us or, or here in New Zealand, but also some of the changes we made to get some of the players out to get some experience probably affected the, the flow of the team as well. And so this is game three uh, here in Wellington. Um, is that it for the tour? That's it for the Wellington leg of the tour for most of these players. There's something like 13 of them that we are using here in the Wellington leg that are going on to the O League with Kiwi FC where their preparations continue. And how would you describe the progression from uh, obviously you had Lower Hutt, you had uh, Stop Out and, and now West, how would you describe the development over the course of uh, the week I guess? Game one against Lower Hutt City, uh, at least four to five of the players had never experienced our, our team environment in terms of uh, the way we're looking to play the game and I think that really showed uh, in our performance, uh, particularly in the first 30 minutes against Lower Hutt City. From where we've got to to here, the difference here against Western Suburbs is when they scored tonight, they put good pieces of play together and not so many goals coming from just bad mistakes from us. So I think the performance has increased out of sight from game one. Uh, even over a three-game series, it's been massive amounts of improvement. So you've got a, a real mix here of the local players from Samoa and, I guess, people here from New Zealand. What is that mix? So there's only four players outside of Samoa that are here on this tour. This tour is very much about the Samoan players coming here to get an experience that we can't give them in Samoa. So we've been conscious about not really bringing in too many of the overseas-based players because it denies experience and, and also uh, we know a bit more about those players as opposed to testing some of the ones from Samoa here. And so how different would you expect your lineup will look when you get to PNG in May? As a base idea, um, we have five players that we know of out of the States that we're monitoring. Two of those are of very good standard. We have uh, one player who's currently at the Melbourne Victory. Uh, we came off the bench in their Champions League fixture, Jai, and uh, we have two more from New Zealand who we haven't used yet. So I suspect that there'll be six to seven players definitely coming in, could grow to nine. Obviously this is all looking ahead to May, as we say. Uh, at the weekend we had Vanuatu playing an international at home against New Caledonia. We had Solomon Islands coming up against PNG in a couple of games. Mm. Um, so I guess everyone's quite active. You know, This is obviously a different tack. How do you sort of compare what you've got here compared to maybe what some of your rivals are doing? For us here, it's, uh, it's massive experience of, of travel, uh, of styles of play here in New Zealand, and very much an experience off the field as well around you know whiteboard sessions, video analysis, the early introduction for some of these players of the next level as well. So I think our different tact again starts to align probably a little bit more with those uh, as we're looking. We've got uh, friendly in the pipeline against uh, Vanuatu and the Solomons just prior to uh, arriving uh, in Papua New Guinea. They're not confirmed yet, but they're in the pipeline, so our preparations could look a little more similar to those. And so what's the focus now? Obviously, uh, this tour is over in terms of the national team to New Zealand. You mentioned a lot of your players will be, I guess, heading up to Auckland for that O-League, which kicks off in just over a week. That'll be uh, some good quality match play for them uh, ahead of the uh, Nations Cup. It's certainly another another effort for them, for those boys, and another piece of exposure to that next level of what's going to be required come uh, Nations Cup and it's it's getting our players out there again and, and, and into an environment where they're going to be tested in a way in which we can't do in Samoa. That's the Samoa men's football coach Scott Easthope. Fresh from defending their Papua New Guinea National Soccer League title, Lay City Dwellers are feeling confident ahead of their Oceania Champions League debut. The Dwellers bounced back from a 5-0 defeat to Hakata United, who claimed the PNG Minor Premiership, to win the grand final 2-0. 
Head coach Peter Gunemba says it's a big boost ahead of the OFC Champions League, which kicks off next week in New Zealand, especially after some tough times. We've come through so many criticisms uh, from our people here, from uh, some people overseas, but uh, we decided that um, we will maintain our performance and improve and increase our uh, rate of performance. And it really worked out. Uh, Ekari has been to all uh, many, many times. We really wanted to beat Ekari, and we beat Ekari. Uh, that has given us a lot of confidence now. We believe that we can play a bit better in the whole league. Having um, won the league last year and, and now defending it, obviously that was quite a new thing, and Hikari have been so dominant over the years. Uh, why, why were you getting so much criticism, do you think? We believe in one thing, uh, believe in one person, that is, uh, we believe in God, and uh, we saw miracles through God. God's hand. Um, Ekari has been dominant for the, uh, quite a long time, but uh, uh, Christian, I believe that uh, God has paved a way for us to come to this way. I believe our uh, football has improved, our performance has improved, and we are uh, uh, level or almost level with Ekari's performance. I believe we are doing fine, and we should play better. You've always said that you back local players, and you believe that a squad made up predominantly of, of local players can uh, have success uh, in the wider O-League or Oceania competition. Um, do you still believe that? My aim is to uh, help and develop my players from my from Papua New Guinea, my country. Uh, that has been uh, neglected for the past uh, nine, ten years. Um, and that is my dream. Uh, I had a dream that uh, one day if I coach an uh, NFL team to the O-League, I will use... Most of my players, maybe 99% or 90%, that is my dream that it, it came true. I haven't been to only before, and I don't know how tough it is, but I've watched through the videos and uh, through the TV, I saw that, uh, the performance of the teams that is participating in the only competition. And I have a fair idea. And when I look at my players, and I still have confidence in them. Uh, if we can be the carry with... Uh, players from Solomon, Vanuatu, Fiji and Papua New Guinea combined and we only have players from Papua New Guinea excluding one of our players from Solomon, Joaquin. I see that my bodies can perform and that has given me quite a lot of confidence and I know that we can I can, we can do better. Like I said the previous time, I believe in my players. We are capable of playing, but then, uh, but that we have not been given a you know opportunity. But this is an opportunity that we want to put forward and see if we can do better. For us, if we win, uh, that is great. Uh, if we don't win, we have learned something and we'll come back and work harder to get there. But uh, every team in the in the in the tournament want to win, and this is a hope that we are looking forward for. That's the Lay City Dwellers football coach Peter Gunimba. Pacific Oceania believe they are ready to take the next step and win promotion in next month's Fed Cup tennis tie in Thailand. The composite team finished 5th of 11 in the Asia-Oceania zone Group 2 in India last year, the first time Pacific Oceania had competed at Fed Cup level since 2004. Samoa's Steffi Carruthers and Abigail Teriapesa from Papua New Guinea are back, along with newcomers Ayana Rengel from Palau and Tahiti's Mike Zimmer. The team captain, Patrice Cotti, says with a year's experience behind them, they now believe they are capable of finishing on top and earning promotion to Group 1. Stacey and Abby, uh, they are our two best players in the Pacific, actually. So Ayana is a 16-year-old player from Palau. She's a young talent. She's a huge experience. For Maika Zima, she's uh, from Tahiti. I know her very well. 
since she was young. She's a really good player. She's 24 years old. She she did uh, really good uh, South Pacific games in Papua New Guinea. For me, I don't know really well uh, uh, Ayana. I heard uh, about uh, some young players in Tahiti uh, because uh, they met her at a junior event. And uh, they said me uh, that uh, she's a good player, so we will see in in Thailand. So, so where did Mikey come at the Pacific Games last year? She had the bronze medal with the, in the team event with the Taishan team, and uh, she had the bronze medal too in a double event with a partner. Last year, first time back in 11 years, uh, Pacific yeah. Oceania, I think you came fifth in your group. Um, yes. So um, obviously that was uh, a, a big thing just to be back competing at this level again. What did you take out of that tournament? What did the team learn from being back at Fed Cup level? It was incredible to be back. Uh, last year in India, uh, everything was new. We had a new team and we had to, to learn everything. So we didn't know the level of the players we had to, to play against. And uh, so... We didn't imagine too uh, that the travel could make us uh, so tired and sick because uh, we were in India and it was a long, long uh, trip. It was a, a huge experience and the three girls uh, were sick and every day I called the doctor. But it was a great experience and uh, we finished, uh, as you said, uh, fifth. And it was, uh, I think, it was a solid result for the first time since uh, 2004. What are the aims this time round? Do, do you feel like the team could maybe get promoted this time, or do you think you'll be stronger or better? Or at the end of the Fed Cup uh, 2000, 2015 uh, last year, uh, we decided together that uh, for this year in 2016, our common goal will be to be promoted. I think, and we think uh, that's possible. The first step was to to select uh, the best team. So I think that with uh, Steffi and Abby, uh, we have the two best players. After, the, the two other girls uh, are good, and uh, they will be part of the team um, for everything. Uh, even if it's not to play, it's to be uh, good in the common life, you know, every day. And uh, I think for this year, we, we have to go step by step. So first step, it's uh, the draw. <laughs> The draw is uh, really important. After uh, after the draw, we have to win uh, our pool, and after the pool, uh, semi-final, and after semi-final, that's uh, to win the final. But I think it's possible because Steffi and Abby um, play uh, at uh, uh, 800 world ranking now, and they are training hard uh, since last year. So. We will see, but uh, I'm confident and uh, the girls are uh, really uh, motivated. That's the Pacific Oceania Fed Cup tennis captain Patrice Cotti. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. 
or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.